Good morning, everybody. Nikki Burnett here, Taste Life Nutrition Radio, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Um, today we have the amazing Miss Aaliyah Harris. I've been super excited about this because I love talking with you because you have so much energy and you're so fun to talk to and you're super smart um, and you are out there to serve the people who who you want to serve, right? You are of service and that's those are the people we want to have um, and we like to attract to our show because we want to, well, it's all always about giving, right? We want to give um, and grow and love and all of the beautiful things. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. What a lovely introduction. Aw, <laughs> thank you. So, um, of course, to, we always start the show with gratitude. Gratitude can change the world. Um, if we just start our day with gratitude, end our day with gratitude, and maybe sprinkle a little bit throughout, um, I do believe that it can change us, it can change our outlook, it can change um, those around us, and it will spread. So, Aaliyah, what are you grateful for today? There's so many things. Right now, I'm in the open enrollment period for my course to teach people how to be professional speakers called Spark the Stage. Ooh. So I'm grateful for everyone that signed up. But I'm also really grateful hearing from Spirit. I pulled some tarot cards earlier in the week and I've been really connecting with Spirit and I'm grateful for the message to be patient because if anybody out there has ever lodged an open enrollment or anything like that, people buy at the very beginning and at the very end. They don't really buy in the middle because they need like, it's about to end, oh my gosh, I should sign yeah. up. Yeah. So just the constant notes to be patient um, to continue to stay in flow, to continue to stay in gratitude. I'm almost more grateful that for that than the sign-ups. However, I am very grateful for people signing up too. Of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, I totally get you. It can be uh, It can be a little overwhelming when we have to wait and sit and just kind of watch what happens. But, you know, that's why you do what you do, right? So you can speak to your people. And I'm so excited to learn more about this because I think we all need to learn how to speak to our people because it's not always easy. And I am I am the worst. I'll, I'll just put it out there and we'll dig more into it here in just a second. But, um, of course, what I'm grateful for today, um, I was able to... <laughs> so I left Thursday after the show and drove Thursday and Friday to Arkansas to see my dad got to spend Saturday and Sunday with him and left Monday and drove Monday and Tuesday to get home. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my goodness, it, that's a lot of driving. It is, it is a lot of driving. But you know, my favorite thing about these trips is the, the, the books that I get through. <clears throat> I love to read, but I don't get to read as often as I want to. So having the ability to have Audible that is, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm a nerd, right? I can't, I have to either focus, it's, it's either business books or it's, you know, science, nerd, health, wellness books, right? And that's the stuff that I want to, I always want to dig into and learn about. So, so much about it is great. I was able to stay the night each way with my in-laws, with my brother and sister-in-law and my niece. So I got to spend a little time with my niece so it was really good just to, you know, get to see family and then just take in the books. And so it's, yes, a lot of driving, but so good. Took one of my dogs with me. So I had my little buddy. Uh, so it was, it was actually, it was, it was really nice. So grateful for all of that and the time to be able to spend with my dad. Because um, he's so far away. I don't get to do it very often. Yeah. That's really nice because I, I'm missing my mom, my mommy right now. She's not that far away. It would take me five or six hours to drive to her. But I have a 15-month-old child. Yeah. And five to six hours in a car with her sounds like anything but fun. It's like 10 and hours. Won't... Say it again? It's like 10 hours. Like 10 hours. <laughs> and then you're stopping and then you're like, please just go to sleep. And you're playing mm -hmm. all of the nursery rhymes and the kids' songs. And it's just, mm -hmm. it's just, it's just a thing. So... We could just fly, but I'm waiting for her to come down because then she gets to visit my cousins and everything like that when she's down here too. Yeah. <laughs> so she comes down like once a month, and so I'm spoiled because it's been like six weeks. Wow. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk to her every day, so I just, I, I get how good it is to see your parents. 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that you talk to her every day. Cherish that. It's a beautiful thing to have. Yeah. Um, yeah. So good for you and so much fun. Um, so let's jump in. Let's, uh, you know, when I was doing the promo for the show a little while ago, um, you know, before I left to come up here to the studio, um, you know, the show typically is health and wellness. But what we, I think what's so important to remember um, as entrepreneurs, if our business is not healthy, we're not healthy. And I feel it and I know it. And so, you know, so much of the focus is, is you know, building your story and your hero's journey and all of the things that we're gonna talk about that you are so good at. But understanding that all of these play, all of these things play such a huge role in how we communicate with the outside world, outside of the business, how we communicate with those inside of the business, the health of the business, the health of those around us. So it really all plays, uh, plays into it. And we know that health and wellness, of course, is physical, mental, and emotional. It's spiritual, it's financial, it's relational. So all of these things play a part in health and wellness. So with that being said, though, I would love to hear your story. I'd love for you to share your story, um, how you got to where you are now. What is what is it that motivates you and excites you about what you're doing? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Let's see, give you the short version. So I've done a, a, all, all of the things it feels like. I've worked in the cosmetic and fashion industries. I've been a private chef and traveled all the world. Oh. Chef. Um, I uh, then worked for Google as a vendor partner, then was uh, sucked back into my parent company as a head of marketing for North America, and then I got laid off. And then <laughs> I started the company that I have now, which um, in its current form, it's focused on st uh, strategic storytelling. I'm a strategic storytelling consultant, and I focus on radically authentic strategic storytelling. The radically authentic piece comes in when you're not just dumping all your crap out in the world and calling it authentic. I'm all my authentic self this morning. I'm yeah. doing it <laughs> And you're doing the work to remove everything that's separating your soul from having a deeper interaction with yourself and the rest of the world. So, so will you say you that again? Say that again. <laughs> I think it's really, really important. And I also am trying to turn you up a little bit. Um, I have never been told that I need to talk louder, but should I talk louder? Well, no, what, what can happen is that the, the, the audio just isn't always as great as it could be. Um, and the first I'm moving my mic closer awesome. to is <laughs> better. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so repeat that for, for that reason, but also because I think it's really important to hear. So radical authenticity yeah. is about removing the barriers between your soul and your interaction with the physical world so that you can have deeper connections and show up in a way that attracts more of what you want and be of higher service to yourself and others. So it's about doing the work. It's not about coming out and saying, I'm so authentic. Authentic is became a buzzword, and it's you know it's like anything. It became a buzzword until everybody was doing it, and then uh -huh. it became not authentic anymore. Right? It's true. It's true. Yeah. Authenticity. When you come from my definition, as as I like to do, since it is my definition, um, when you come from my definition, you get to realize that because your soul, your spirit, the inside of you, the light inside of you, is innately good, is innately loving, is innately connected. The more that you remove the barriers to accessing that point, the more that you get to experience and share the beauty of, of life and, I mean, in a very physical sense, make more money that way. Yeah. So I experienced this, I've experienced it many times, but the, the time that I experienced it the most was after I had my baby. Again, my baby's 15 months old. She was born in November 2022. She's super cute. Should you decide to follow her on Instagram? It's at Ruby Coral Paris. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't, I'm not making any money from her account. I just like, it's like, look at my baby. Uh, right, of course. <laughs> um, but when I had her, I thought that I was like, oh, I have the baby blues. It's whatever. I had a great pregnancy. I was super cute. 
I only gained 16 pounds. Wow. Uh, right. I was one of those pregnant women that every pregnant woman loved to hate. And I was here for it. <laughs> Until after I gave birth, I thought they were the baby blues and that just kept going and getting worse and worse and worse and lasting longer and longer and longer. And I ended up really suffering through postpartum depression and anxiety, really suffering, not able to show up for my business, not able to show up for myself. My revenue declined. We were robbing Peter at the gas company to pay Paul at the leasing company to go pay Trader Joe. Like it was yeah. a problem. And somewhere in the middle, I got an urge that had to have come from the universe, God, spirit, and I said, and I was like, I gotta just share what's been going on with me. And because postpartum depression effectively and having a baby, so not just the depression, but then you have the trans transition from maiden to mother, mm -hmm. it knocked me off of my normal route and knocked me off of my normal identity. And it took whatever mask that I had, which was not a very thick mask. I've always been a pretty authentic person, but it crushed it and shattered it. So when I began to show up again in the world, I didn't really have the option of putting that old mask back on because it didn't exist. So I could have done one of two things. I could have waited until I could construct another perfect mask or I could just show up as I was. And I decided to show up exactly how I was. And I made a post on Instagram about having postpartum depression, about how it felt, if anybody wanted to talk. I, at that point in time, I was in five hours of therapy a week and I was on the road back up. Um, for those who don't know, postpartum depression can last for anywhere between two and seven years. So it's kind of like, I'll be great now. Now I finally got my brain to think, oh my God. Um, but then I'll have a day where I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just feel so sad. Out of the blue. Yeah. Out of the blue. And when I shared that story from an authentic place, having removed the mask, removed one other layer between that connected me to my soul and my soul out into the world, my God, people responded so just in, in mass. <laughs> Emails, calls, texts, DMs. And people said, well, when are you coming back? Because we want you to share that story. We want you to talk on our stage. We want you to come on our podcast. We want you to do the thing, be out in the world, do the thing. And since then, I was a slow trajectory back in, but I ended up booking more clients, booking more speaking sharing not just that story, but all the myriad of stories that I could have, happy, sad, left, right, up, down. But when I do, I do it from a place of authenticity. Um, it's not saying that I don't have deep, dark secrets that I'm sure I'm still hiding that I maybe don't even know about. Yeah. But I realized that um, secrets don't help anyone. So true. It will eat you from the inside out. It will eat you from the inside out. And then... So let's say I have a secret. Let's say I kept me having postpartum depression a secret. It's eating me from the inside out because I still would have bouts of sadness or whatever, whatever, and not be able to talk about it. But it also doesn't help any of the hundreds, literally hundreds of people that have come to me and said, thank you so much for sharing your story. I now see that someone who looks like me, who someone I admire, someone who has a platform, someone who this, they're going through it, I can go through it too. Tell me how you did it. I'm feeling this way. Can you just take a second to listen? I've jumped on impromptu phone calls with women and men mm -hmm. all over with their partners. Because when you're in postpartum depression, you have a very hard time articulating what's going on with you in that moment. Yeah. So I have partners that have come up to me after I've gotten off stage saying, oh my gosh, I get it now. I now better know how to support my, my, my spouse or my partner. And the funniest thing is, I don't have a talk about postpartum depression. My signature talk is crafting cultural change through radically authentic storytelling. It's not about that. But part of it is when I share my story, and that's when I connect the most. And realizing that, it's like, why am I doing anything else? Why am I trying to be a non-human in a human world, trying to be perfect, trying to be robotic, trying to hide? It doesn't serve me. It doesn't serve anybody else. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. There, I think that there are so many things, and this has been a little bit of a, a soapbox that I've been on for the last few months, um, but there are so many things about the things that we go through as women that I think historically, like traditionally, we understood better than we do now in a, in a world that is, you know, um, I need to take a script for this, or, or I just... 
I'm having a period and I want it to stop so I don't need it so I'm going to take a pill mm-hmm. for it and you know uh, you know all of these things that that we want to just push aside and then we don't understand and we don't know how we can use it to our benefit or learn from it or you know you know the postpartum depression why it happens and, and it's you know different for everybody um, but it's just why why are we not why why how did how did history stop in its tracks as far as women's stuff our cycles and, and we just yeah <laughs> The fact that I was just watching, uh, what is it, TikTok or Instagram or something about it, where it was like a role play, like if women's health was taken seriously, and it was this lady who was pretending that she just had a C-section, she goes, I still feel the pain. And they're like, well, we're going to give you oxycodone. And in fact, let me give you your complimentary foot massage. And actually, let me help you and carry this baby. I had a C-section. You know what they gave me? Motrin. And said, have at it. Major (laughs) abdominal (laughs) surgery. Yeah. Ocean. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 I just find it interesting that we just we forgot to we have forgotten and this is for everybody, this is includes me, um, to listen, to listen to our bodies. What's it telling us? What are these normal natural cycles? What is it that is how can we learn from what our body is trying to tell us? Because it is so beautifully and perfectly made that if we listen so often, we can find the answers and stop just trying mm-hmm. to you know, push it under the rug. Anyway, I find it fascinating and interesting and, and a little bit sad, but it's been this, you know, I'm talking to so many people on this show now who have so much information, like we just gotta get this stuff out there. And I want the young women to hear and to listen to to what it is that these these other women can teach and to, grab on to the way our bodies are made and how beautiful they are and the cycles of them you know whether it's weekly monthly yearly we have you know uh, generationally right we have these cycles and we can embrace them and utilize them to our benefit anyway so that's i definitely agree i never wanted to stop i mean i don't enjoy my period i never wanted to stop it because you if right before my period I experience this kind of like soul opening thing and there's just like I'm more it's like a sweet spot where I'm most connected because as my body opens I have my period everything opens and that's when I get the best insights that's when I get the best journaling time that's when I find the best answers so I wouldn't want to stop my period because I would stop that right yeah there's so much to that and good for you for recognizing that I think a lot of us don't don't recognize that and I think it's really important because we can utilize all of these things to better understand what it is that we need to do to open up to hear you know what what you know what we're you know being told you know what God's trying to tell us I just think it's awesome anyway it's a little off topic but I couldn't help it um, <laughs> it's okay yeah. it's yeah, okay yeah. <laughs> So, um, okay, so you moved through, I assume, your postpartum depression, and you are, yeah, and feeling good. Yeah, (laughs) good, good, good. Um, So, so I kind of stopped you. Is there any more to your story that I wanted, that you wanted to tell because I interrupted you? (laughs) I don't know if you interrupted me or not. I don't remember where I was. I kind of stopped there. (laughs) Okay. It'll come out in the rest of your questions. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, good. So I think so. Let's just kind of jump into what you're doing now, because you're working with individuals. You're also working with businesses. You're working. Um, let's talk. Let's 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 take a step back. So specifically about storytelling and and being authentic. And this comes from curiosity for myself, um, and and for you know other entrepreneurs who I know who struggle with this as well. We don't always know what to say. So my, for me personally, I always come from a, you know, I, I, I speak the science lingo and I get to biochemical to deepen the stuff because it's what I love. And people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how else to talk. I always tease my clients because the more degrees you have, the smarter you are, and the more you read, the harder it is to work with you. Because, <laughs> because I'm just that 
just that reason, the first step that you need to do is to realize that the story is not about you. Yes. So all of that mm-hmm. knowledge, all of yeah. those things, writing down and sharing, those are about you showcasing your knowledge. And it's coming from a good place, mm-hmm. but it's not coming as a simple answer to a problem that your ideal client has. And that's what your, all of your marketing communication should be centered around. What is the problem that your ideal client is trying to solve and how can you best connect with them to solve it? So if I come to you and I say, hey, I'm an autoimmune disease, I don't care about all the dippity doppity doop because that's what it sounds to me, of right. the science. Yeah. I need you to tell me, great, I answer these three questions and I'll be able to best pair you with a protocol mm-hmm. so we can get started. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Mm-hmm. And if you want to send me a PDF with all the bippity boppity boop, you can totally do that. But right now I need you to solve my problem in, in very clim- simple, clear, and easy ways. Right, right. No, it makes perfect sense. Um, and we have, to, we have to figure out a way to put ourselves in their shoes, right? Which is not always easy. It's not easy. And and in fact, the hardest marketing to do is your own. So you or anybody that's listening, if you are struggling to do your own marketing, you just count yourself as normal. Because even marketers have other marketers do our marketing. Because we can't get (laughs) get the the outsight that we need, right, to be able to step out of our own business. It's super hard. Yeah. If that's also you, the best thing that you can do is to ask your clients and ask them specific questions. What problem are you struggling with? What is the, what would be your ideal solution to solve it? What does success look like for you? What does failure look like for you? If you go through an experience trying to solve something, what does that look like and how does it feel for you? Then you don't have to try to come into your own brain and try to figure it out. It's so funny because somewhere there's been like a lie in entrepreneurship that said that once you became an entrepreneur, you became omnipotent. And you're supposed to just know how to do everything and know exactly what your client wants without asking and without having ever done that thing before. (laughs) Yeah. And isn't that true? There's a reason why surveys exist. There's a reason why one-on-one conversations exist. Go find the answers. You don't have to already no. And then all then it's become so simple. They say, let's say, let's go back to the autoimmune thing, right? Let's say you're like, what is what is the problem that, that brought you here? Uh, I've tried traditional medicine and it's not working for me. Um, I don't want to be on drugs because they're making me feel nasty. Uh, I know that there has to be a way to actually solve the root of this problem rather than just dealing with the symptoms. Yeah. So then what does the top of your website say? Are you tired of struggling with traditional medicine and they're not getting to the root of your problem? Right? You're not, at that point in time, it's not even difficult. It's you literally regurgitating the words that they said back to you. It's so funny because I'm like, oh, I should put that on my website. Start with the problem. Hook people in to the problem that they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Because what you're dealing with when you're storytelling, when you're marketing, which for me is the same thing, you are dealing with narcissists with a short attention span. Mm-hmm. They actually don't care about you, mm-hmm. not even a little bit. They just need to know that you can solve their problem. That is the extent of their care for you. Yeah. So if you start off talking about, well, we do this, we do that, we do this, great, 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 great. What is the problem that you solve and how can you solve it for me and how much does it cost? Where can I buy from you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make it super, super simple, especially if we're talking about websites. People scroll and scan, they do not click and read. So if you can make this story, what is the problem? What is my solution? What's the three steps to get my solution? Oh, and by the way, who are you and why should I trust you mm-hmm. to, to deliver it? And how can I buy from you? Yeah. If you can answer that on your homepage, you're golden. Most <laughs> homepages do not answer those questions. So interesting. I'm getting a marketing lesson. I love it. I hope everybody else is getting a marketing lesson too. I've had, yeah, it's. Uh, I can't help it. It just comes out. I've been a marketer for like 15 years. It just comes out. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. It's good because I, I need. Everybody needs a good. Well, and let's let's say, everybody needs to know how to tell a story, and that's how what you're teaching. 
That's really what it is. Marketing, yes, but it's, it's such a cliche when you're, when you're teaching people how to tell a story. Yes. Yeah. Marketing is the art and science of building lucrative relationships. And how do you build a relationship with anybody? You meet them, you tell them stories of your life, you tell them what you've been through, you, you ask them questions, you learn, you find matches between your problem, their solution, their problem, your solution, back and forth and back and forth. Storytelling is how you build relationships. So when you are marketing, you're just initiating the conversation, you're taking the first step, and you're saying, here, I kind of know your problems already. And people are like, what, you know me? feel so seen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's talk. I feel like we might have a love match here because you seem like you already know me already. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. That's, it's a story. It's a building a relationship through story. I love that. So let's switch gears just a little bit because in communication, we've got to be able to communicate to those who we want to attract. Right, those who we want to work with, those maybe we want to collaborate with. But we also need to be able to communicate with those who are, uh, so if we're in leadership, right, communicate with those who we are leading. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is, you also do this, yes? I also do this, yes, I yes. do this thing. <laughs> Good, I was making sure I'm not stepping outside of what I think I know. Um, <laughs> Because it's so important, it's important, and to me, I'm gonna. To me, it's so important as a leader to come to be the servant leader. I mean, and mm -hmm. I, I say this um, about everything. I mean, I'm here to serve. I want to serve people the best way that I know how. Right. I want to be able to give what I have to give, um, but there are also those I have to lead, and that's a part of it. And so coming from it from that place, but we have to know how to communicate that. So how do you work with people who need that type of help? It's very, very similar. Often when people are in positions of leadership, they feel like they are the ones who are making the rules and you're kind of not. What you're supposed to be doing is leading everybody and motivating everybody towards a common goal. Mm -hmm. So how well have you articulated that goal and how well have you articulated how achieving that goal will benefit everyone's personal story? That is how you lead and motivate. So let's say that you have a goal of producing 10,000 widgets, producing and selling 10,000 widgets this year. So then you have your sales team, you have HR, you have the manufacturing team, why do each and every one of them care that we're producing and selling 10,000 widgets? To which the kind of brass tack straight person would go, because that's their job? Yes, yes, yes. If you just rely on that level of leadership, you will not be a leader for very long. Mm -hmm. You need to go deeper than that. So let's talk about the people on the, on the, on the floor actually producing the widgets, the people in the manufacturing team, right? If they produce 10,000 widgets, do, is there a bonus? Are they learning something? Do they earn something? And I'm not talking about a pizza party. Don't be that leader, right? <laughs> do, they, do they get like some type of equity? Are they, you know, is the manager going to get a promotion? Does everyone get an extra week off? What, what happens when I earn this that I'm motivating it towards? And also, what are we producing and how does it benefit the lives of our clients? What purpose can you give me? Because there's the draw of reward, but then there's also the emotional draw of purpose, which draws us forward even if that reward seems like further away. So for example, say by June, you need to have produced 5,000 widgets, and produced and sold, and you've only produced and sold 4,000 widgets. You're behind your goal. People can become discouraged and say, oh, well, that shiny thing that you're promising me, promising me at the end, we're probably not gonna get it anyway, so why try? You have embedded the story in your culture, like, no, these widgets that we're producing will clothe the, the um, unhoused or feed the hungry or will help people feel better about themselves or will help further a cultural narrative of some sort. Then no matter what happens with that reward, I can still be purpose-driven. And you're connecting me to something grander and greater about myself. Yeah. What is that that you're doing when you're telling the story of your customers to your employees, starting with their problems and you're positioning them as the guide to help 
guide your employees, guide their customers. So it's not just about the overall company and what you can do to guide the overall company. It's about how then do you make sure that each role understands their part in the overall story. So if, they're, if we're not manufacturing enough, we're not fulfilling orders enough, this grander heart-centered vision doesn't happen. And you don't get your stuff, right? You don't, you don't get that reward at the end. You don't, and, and if we don't also move forward, we as a company might have a decline. What does that mean for future revenues, future profits, future opportunities for you, right? right. So it's all about narrative creation and story weaving. Story weaving, I actually help companies use like threads, physical threads to say, if this is the main story and this is the manufacturing thread and it intersects here, it intersects with the guide part of the story, the mentor part of the story, what does that look like here? What, what, what is the story we're telling here? What does the rest of their thread look like? Okay, sales and marketing, they're intersecting at the beginning at the customer problem, for example, and maybe they also intersect at the guide, and maybe they intersect at the end at success and failure. So if we're talking about what does the problem that we're solving, how are you encouraging your sales and marketing team to be the most connected possible to their customers and relay that information back up? Because they are the owners of the voice of the customer. And the better they own that voice, the better we are as a company. It's about story weaving and narrative creation. And so having a purpose and having your your employees or those who are working with you sort of grab on and, and it, it, it becomes their purpose as well. And when somebody has a purpose, it just makes you that much better, makes you that much more motivated, makes you want to do more because you have, I mean, we all have to have a purpose. We all have to have a purpose, and, and even better, if you know your employees, you can relate it to their grander purpose in, in life. Mm -hmm. Like, you're gonna get a $1,000 cash bonus if we sell these 10,000 widgets, which will, will help you invest into a college fund for your kids, mm -hmm. or because we know that family is, is one of your values, or, you know, how, how special can you make it yeah now I would be remiss if I did not note that this can get very manipulated very fast you also have to stay within sure. your integrity right 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 hey, really good don't. point <coughs> yeah <coughs> yeah we don't want there to are villains in stories as well don't yeah. be the villain <laughs> so that goes back to the title of the show uh, vanquishing the villain on your hero's journey um, and so that can be throughout, I mean, if a leader has that villain streak through them, it's going to affect the entire company. It's going to affect the entire company. But often, let's talk about that leader. The leader is perceived as a villain because of the actions that they're taking. They feel particularly villainous to everyone around them. But why? Why is that leader acting that way? Well, it's actually because of the leader's own villains that they are dealing with. They're dealing with their own limiting beliefs and behaviors that are preventing them from showing up mm -hmm. as the guide in the story to the heroes that work with them, mm -hmm. right? Spurring them along, encouraging them along their path. There's insecurity there, there's ego there. There could be the sense of, um, I, I need to reach this goal at all costs because if I don't, I, I am not good enough, right? Mm -hmm. So. And I can't let myself be vulnerable because I don't even know. Some of the best people that I've ever worked for have always let me know. They found a wonderful balance between leading and motivating and being vulnerable and courageous at the same time. That's the type of leader that I am. People that work for me, um, either I have helped them build their own businesses or they continue to be in contact with me years and years later. <laughs> like for example, on my podcast, the second intro voice on my podcast is someone who worked for me years ago when I was at Google as a vendor partner. Mm -hmm. So I know the power of the balance of being open and vulnerable, not dumping, not oversharing, mm -hmm. but just saying, hey, ooh, I, I send out a communication company-wide. It was really because I was feeling insecure and stressed that we're not meeting our numbers. 
and I shouldn't have said that. So instead, here's my proactive approach forward that will help support you. And if you have any questions, let me know. My door is always open. Yeah. Wouldn't you take that leader and run with them to the ends of the earth? Because now you trust them more. There's an openness. There's an honesty. There's a relationship that's being built. But that only happens if that leader vanquishes their own villains. If you continue letting your ego drive the car, it'll run you off the road. Right. Yeah, ego's a, ego is a problem. Ego can be a big problem. Yeah. My ego can be a problem. Ego, I want to say a note about ego, though, because it's yeah. a poor thing to be vilified. Poor thing. <laughs> because your ego does a great job of protecting you. Your ego does a great yes, job yeah. of showing you the way when you're confused and lost and helping you move forward. It, it, it helps you find a sense of strength, especially in times of weakness. Mm-hmm. Our problem is not actually the ego. Our problem is when we are good, when we're okay, is telling the ego to take a back seat. Because the ego will then overreact and pull and push our bodies out of alignment and have us overreact physically, yell, get angry, all of those things, be defensive. because. Its job has been done, but no one told it that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, ego is good. You just have to tell the ego when it needs to sit down somewhere. Right. My, I think maybe my favorite thing that you said. You said a lot of really great things, but this really struck me was um, the leader is the guide to the heroes. Mm -hmm. I mean. Just putting it that way, and I hope if any or if anybody are out there are leaders to take that to heart, I will take it to heart. I think I'm going to take it and just like put it across my wall in my office. I don't know. <laughs> I just think that that's so beautiful, and I love that so much. Um, so thank you for that. I think You're that welcome. what I would love is any kind of story that you have, somebody you've worked with um, where – I don't know if it's that kind of transformation or whatever you've seen that can that can make such a big difference when when we when we start to lead the way that you're teaching them to lead. I don't know if I'm asking the right question, but a, like sto- I love stories. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're talking about a story of someone who is maybe not the best leader who became a better. Yeah, leader. yeah, yeah. So. I can think of, let's see, several. What's what's a good one that I can think of? Okay, there was someone who used to work with me, and she was a contractor, so she owned her own business, and she had people that worked for her. And I remember one day she messaged me on Slack and said, I don't think I can do this anymore. I don't think I can be an entrepreneur anymore. To which I said, what happened? And she said, they've all gone crazy. Nobody wants to, <laughs> nobody really wants to do the work that I want them to do. They're turning it in late, but they're, they're contractors as well, so I could just fire them, but I think that I've, I've already done that and we're gonna go, keep going around in circles. I just don't wanna do this anymore. People are too hard. <laughs> to which I said, yes, people are hard. Yeah. Um, and being a, manager, being a manager, being an entrepreneur when you have a team is, much more about people management and less about strategy than people think it is. Um, if you set up your company in that way, you do have other options. Anyway, so I told her, I said, well, have you asked some questions or have you said statements with periods at the end? <laughs> when you talk to them, are there question marks or are there periods? And is there lots of bold and italics when you're writing these emails? Or are they short, sweet, and loving? Mm-hmm. She goes, well, there's bold italics and no question marks, I said. The problem is, is that you're leading with an iron fist mm-hmm. and people have options. They don't need to be in that type of environment. So I said, what would happen if you had one-on-ones, you could have a lot of employees. So I said, you had one-on-ones with each of your employees and you just ask them three questions. You ask them, what makes you excited about working with me? What makes you not excited about working with me? And what problem do you think we are solving together? But you're not allowed to cut them off. <laughs> when they start talking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to let them talk. 
So she said, I don't want to do that. And I said, well, that's fine. Then go and get a job and work in a cubicle and let your soul slowly die. Mm -hmm. To which she said, I guess that this is a better option. I said, I think so. So I nudged her to begin to have those conversations. And she actually found that people did enjoy working with her when she was not stressed. It was when, as she was trying to scale and as she was trying to grow, that the problems happened because she was trying to hold on to everything. And when they asked her, well, and when they answered to her, what's the problem we're trying to solve together? It had nothing to do with her business. So she, they didn't actually even know why they were there. Some people said, oh, I'm, and they all said like what they were doing in their own individual world. Well, I'm solving social media, or I'm solving operations, or I'm solving finance. But none of them said, well, we are solving XYZ together. They were all running in different silos, scared to talk to the queen that was reigning, and she wasn't talking to them. So I said, okay, great. You need to tell them what your company is about in a story. Tell them how they fit within that story so they understand what problem they're solving, and you need to let them do their jobs. Mm -hmm. Institute regular meeting cadences with your team so that they can report to you what's going on as opposed to you hounding them back and forth, right? Allow them to be the hero in the journey. Mm -hmm. You easily switch from guide to hero when you think you're the one that has to undergo the transformation. The hero is the one that undergoes the transformation and causes it in others. The guide is Obi-Wan Kenobi, Dumbledore, uh, I don't know, I can't think of anybody else right now. <laughs> Yoda. That's perfect. <laughs> they are the ones who have already gone through the transformation and know what direction you're going in and can help move you along, right? So she started that, she started those conversations, and within six months she was working less, she was making more money, and she didn't fire anybody. So it's amazing what happens when you know your role, you play your role, and you let other people play theirs. Mm -hmm. It also becomes a lot easier to see when they truly aren't doing their role because you've given them the space to do it. You've given them the support, but you are not trying to do it yourself. Right. And you're creating a culture, which is you're important to you. Culture. Mm -hmm. That's it's almost like you knew what I did or anything. Um, that's, the, that's the crux of the issue. People take culture and strategy and they separate them into two different buckets. Mm -hmm. They say, here's your culture on one side and we're going to take these values and we're going to put them on the wall somewhere and they're going to collect dust and they're going to have pictures of lions and integrity and like call it a day, right? <laughs> And then we're in the technically the same room. The pictures are hanging in the big conference room where we have our meetings about strategic planning, but never once do we mention our culture. So then what happens is you end up having a plan that requires a lot of innovation, a lot of failing fast, a lot of moving forward, rapid growth, getting outside resources. And on the wall, it says things like, we non-judgmental and creativity and all this stuff. But in reality, you have people that penalize and they make a mistake. In reality, you get people who have to follow rigid protocols. In reality, you get people who are not rewarded for their creativity and not given the space and place to be created in. So your culture enables your strategy. However, your culture can also mm -hmm. disable your strategy. Right. So when you're doing your strategic planning, you're planning the actions that people, real human beings, will take. So you need to understand what those real human beings are doing now and what their relationship is to themselves and to your company and to their leadership to see if your plan ever has a shot in hell of working. Because if you aren't building a culture that enables your strategy, you are not meeting your goals or you're meeting it in the most painful way possible. <laughs> it doesn't have to be like that. Doesn't yeah. have to be like that. Yeah, nobody wants to live that way. No, <laughs> that was not good. Not good. Yeah. So you have your. So you want to say you you what you say is you're the spark for your client's spark. Is that am I yes. saying that correctly? Yes, I'm the spark for your spark. <laughs> I just love that. I think it's great. Talk about that a little bit. 
Well, I, I unearthed that actually um, when I was speaking somewhere. I was in Virginia. I'm based in LA, so I flew to Virginia to speak. And it was during kind of the midst of postpartum. And um, I was in my hotel room bawling my eyes out, just feeling sad for no good reason. Well, I mean, there's no good reason, it's postpartum, but not, nothing happened mm -hmm. to me. And then I put on my pretty face, I put on my pretty dress, I stepped on, trotted down, hoping that, you know, people would not ask me if I, everything was okay because I needed to get on that stage and, and do what I was paid for. Got on the stage, I felt like it was mediocre at best. I got off the stage, people coming up, hugging, shaking my hand. That was great. I love your energy. You have such a light. You're so fabulous. You're just glowing. And, da -da 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 -da. and inside, outside, I'm like, thank you so much. <laughs> inside, I'm like, who the hell are these people talking to? Who are they talking to? I just balked up there. I had no energy. I'm sad. I was, I, 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 I what? And it was that moment I took a beat. And I realized, oh my God, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. When you speak as a professional speaker, the best speakers, they might call it something differently and they might not even know they're doing it, but they channel from spirit, the words, the energy, the expression. If it was left up to me on that stage, I would have probably just sat down sat down and said, you know what, I'm done. I'm good. I'm done. Someone just cart me off. But I did so well because I channel. And that was when I realized that I channel the spark of the universe and God is not because I'm special. Everyone can do it. I don't have like some special ability to do this. And I'm like, I'm so special. Pay $9.99. Get my spark. No. <laughs> I channel the spark from the universe and I spark it out onto you. And so that's why I say, I mean, it's short and quippy to say the spark for your spark, but really it's that whole long thing. I take the universe's spark, it sparks me, I spark you back again, and it's, it's a nice full circle. Um, and I realized that that was part of my purpose it, because I was doing it regardless of if I wanted to or not. <laughs> it was just happening. It happens, girl, it happens in the grocery store. Uh, it happens at the, after conferences when I'm talking to people um, and all of a sudden they're breaking down in tears, we're hugging them, just a stranger, I've never met them before. But I help transform them because I channel, I spark the spark. And I've had people email me years later and say, I started that business, I wrote that book, I apologize. And I take a little bit of credit because I can't get my ego totally out of the driver's seat all of a sudden, I will it. Because I followed spirit, but it's all... It's all about the work of, of spirit flowing through me. And my job is just to be open, to keep the channel open. So I do a lot of the work to keep the channel open, to remove fear, to remove doubt, to remove anxiety, which is difficult for me. I have a lot of anxiety. But the more I keep the channel open, the better I serve. Mm -hmm. And my purpose is to love people into the highest versions of themselves. So in order to do that, which I definitely can't do by myself, because I have no idea what the highest version of you looks like, but spirit does. Mm -hmm. That's also why when I speak on stage, my slides don't have a lot of text on them. One, because that's just good best practice. Sure. Two, because when I'm standing in front of people, I'm feeling the room, I'm reading the room, and I'm, I've been given stories to tell while I'm in on stage that I was like, I'm gonna tell that story right now. And inevitably, when I get off stage, someone walks up and said, that was the best thing that I needed to hear right there. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what I needed. So that's why I spark your spark, and that's why I say that on my websites, because it's a different, for me, it's a different approach than I see from a lot of people on how to approach marketing, storytelling, and speaking. I think it's so important to to remember that and really take hold of that, because just, just like you said, this is what everybody has. It's a gift that everybody's been given by God. Um, and I you know we can all call it, you know, different things. You know, it's for me, it's, it's my God. Um, but to, to take it and to really love it and to know that there's so much out there that we've been given and we've been given this job than to give it to others, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that so much. And do you think, so is it, well, so what you, sorry, I'm, I'm actually going to ask you what you already answered. I was going to say it's a, it's a practice for you 
to remain in that place where you can constantly just hear and feel. I mean, that's my prayer probably every day and every evening is help me to be open to your will for me, right? That's what yeah. I want. And that's really what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's that, but then it's also like practical stuff. Like, so I love the book, Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. And in that book, it has like different processes that you can go through to be in the receiving mode. A lot of it just is about how can you feel better, feel grateful, just reach up to that higher feeling. There's that practicalness of it. There's also the practicalness of play and joy. Yeah. Because sometimes what happens is we pray ourselves into a very serious state. Hum, I'm going to pray. Hum, I'm so spiritual. Hum, is anything <laughs> looking? Or they are looking. Mm. <laughs> right? <laughs> which I will say is the antithesis of my natural state. I'm a very, I, I mean, like, I'm playful, but I am a Virgo, and I like things ordered, and I like to know the rules, and I'm going to build a system and the framework, and give me a second, my Excel spreadsheet's not done yet. Right? <laughs> That's me. Right. That's me. So I have to make it a point to say, what am I going to do that's going to go play? And Alea Desne Harris, do not start a business out of this. Because <laughs> I will. I will. I am notorious for taking something that was just supposed to be fun and maximizing it to be like, I mean, I feel like I can make a few bucks if we did it like this. No, stop it. Stop it. Like just playing for the sake of play, just being grateful for the, for the sake of gratitude. I this is such sounds so silly, but I have this plant on my desk that's kind of like, oh good, people can see me, so I'm gonna show it, and then I'll take it. And just in case anybody just listening audio, this is the plant. Uh -huh. I should name the plant because it's been here for a while. It's a little dusty now. Sorry, <laughs> we can't see the desk. I don't know what kind of plant this is, but it's like sort of like a succulent, sort of mm -hmm. like a plant. Mm -hmm. I kill plants. <laughs> This is the only plant that has stayed alive. When I bought this plant, I wasn't even 100% sure it was real, but I figured I would water it anyways just in case. And it only had three little leaves. Oh, things. wow. And now it has like a whole little family of them. I, I'm not even gonna count. We're gonna say like 30, 40 little leaf things hanging out. In a moment where I was doing one of the processes um, in asking it's given, it's called Rampages of Gratitude. It's basically you look around and you find positive aspects of things to be grateful for. And I was looking at this plant and I started crying, you know, boo-hooing because I said, oh my God, how long has this plant been on my desk? This plant has seen me cry. This plant has been there when I didn't want it because it has some type of, suc it's like a succulent's cousin because it yeah. doesn't need a lot of water. So when I forget about it because I'm off doing something I probably don't have any business doing, I need to sit down and rest, it was there for me. It stayed alive. It grew. It showed me how to be resilient. It showed me that no matter what happens, it was going to be for there, there for me regardless. Oh my gosh, what if I was that for other people? Oh my gosh, how am I in my relationship? I, am I resilient? Who should I call it? I'm gonna call my best friend and just tell him I love him because I know what it's like to be there for someone even when they're not there for themselves. From a plant. <laughs> From That's amazing. at a plant. I love that. Right? You don't have to hum the ranke, hum the hum the he da da ha ha ha. Oh no. <laughs> You can find beauty and God in the universe in anything. Your goal is just to feel good, feel better, be grateful. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes not a just a prayer, because I do pray, you know, I do still do that, but sure. it becomes a daily part of your environment. Mm -hmm. And another thing, sorry, yeah, you don't ask me another question after this, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> but another thing is I realized that I was praying myself broke. Because I was constantly pleading with God to give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. To which God was like, girlfriend, I've given it to you. You have to receive it. But by the constant pleading, give me, give me, give me, give me, I was blocking the receiving of it. 
because I was like, well, it can't be here, so I have to ask for it. It's not here yet, I have to ask for it. It's not here. Things have to work in the spirit, then they manifest in the physical. Sit your butt down and be patient and just receive. Mm -hmm. Receive, be grateful for it, even though you can't see it. And that type of behavior is what helped me get out of uh, the ends of the postpartum depression, moving up into better financial prosperity, all of it, booking more clients. Because I received, the ask was already there. I've asked enough. It's time for me to just sit down, listen, and receive. Yeah, I love that. Thank okay, you. I'm done with that. Yeah, no, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, so, time always flies by. I want to make sure that if there's anything that you want to hit on that we've not hit on that you do, and then, of course, people know how and where to find you. Well, since this is live, which is super exciting for me, Go ahead and go to aleaharris.com slash spark. If you are a budding speaker, if you would like to learn how to speak better from stage using radically authentic strategic storytelling, sign up for Spark the Stage because that's what I teach you. It's a six-week on-demand and live taught course. And by the end, you're going to be more confident. You're going to be a better speaker. You're going to be a better storyteller. But enrollment closes uh, tomorrow. So I would yeah. do it today yeah. if I were you, which is why I'm like, oh, I'm so glad that this is live. <laughs> yep, yep. Aleaharris.com slash spark. A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S dot com slash spark. Love it. Thank you for that. And thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for um, letting me say it. <laughs> yeah, of course. That's what this is for. There are so many people who who need what you have um, and who need what lots of people have. That's why we do this show. I mean, I want to I want I want to give what I can give and I want to bring what I can bring. That doesn't make any sense at all except the show literally is about sh opening hearts, opening minds to all of the amazingness that's out there and you're one of those. So, thank oh, you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. This has been super fun. Um, any so your uh, social media where do you oh, yes, Adelaia Harris, A-L-E-Y-A-H-A-R-R-I-S. I'm actually big on LinkedIn, like, people know me there. So you can follow me on LinkedIn. I think it's because I started a LinkedIn newsletter, and if, that's also another marketing tip. If you start yep, a LinkedIn yep. newsletter, it grows your subscribers immensely and, and helps really kind of get you out there. Um, so yeah, follow me on LinkedIn, follow me on Instagram. You can follow me on TikTok, but right about now, it's the same content that's on Instagram. So. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> yep. I get it. I get it. There's only so much we can do. Only so much I want to do. <laughs> only so much I want to do. Either you want to be in a relationship with me or you don't. I got to start. How many more platforms do you need me to convince you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So true. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you for being here. And thank you, all of you, for hanging out and joining us today. Of course, we're here every Thursday, 10 a.m. Mountain Time, streaming live on KUHSDenver.com. Um, I think that I'm here by myself next week. Every now and then, I like to jump on and just, uh, just hang out by myself and talk about the things that I want to talk about. So I think that that's what we're doing next week. Um, I haven't decided what it's about yet, but it's going to be something really super fun and nerdy, I'm sure. <laughs> channel it, girl. Just yep, channel it. Yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You can find me, tastelifenutrition.com, all of the socials, Taste Life Nutrition. Uh, you can go to the website and fill out the free assessment, which is, it comes directly to me. I reach out to you. We chat a little bit. Um, if I can help you, then that's what we'll do. If, uh, if I know someone who is uh, who will better serve you, then that's what we'll do also. So my goal is to uh, just give you what you need uh, at the best, that, the very best that I can or find somebody who can. So um, lastly, Soulful Conception. Uh, Soulful Conception is the planning stage before getting pregnant. Let's get you healthy. Let's, let's reduce symptoms. Let's make sure that you're in a place that as you are as you decide it's time to conceive that your eggs are in a good spot, your sperms are in a good spot, and you have the ability to pass on all of the goodness that you have today for generations. It's literally impactful for generations to come. Um, and I, I am so motivated to create awareness around that because this is you know, we can we can get out of this kind of crazy place of health that we're in just by saying, okay, I'm going to get healthy today and I'm going to pass it on. 
sounds simple. Not always simple, but it sounds simple anyway. All right, so Aaliyah, Aaliyah, sorry, hang out with me for just a couple of minutes, and we'll see everybody uh, next week. Bye. Bye.